0: Master My Family, welcome back to the show. I am your host, JoJo, and today's Artist Motivation, where we bring on the hottest, latest artists and allow them to provide inspiration, insight, and hope so that you can improve on what you're working on and create amazing content. And today's special guest is Alvin Bob. Alvin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thank you. Thank you, Fab no worries no worries and just to give a little bit of a introduction of the guests I mean we have an award uh, writer winner um, wrote books like Zulu, One Nation, Virgin Wolf, uh, Holy Remain, just some of the things that um, speaker of uh, San Diego's uh, International Comic Con uh, just some of the few things that he's been doing and I think you guys will really enjoy the show today and so let's get the show started Alvin, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, just kind of like what you've been doing and um, what you've been working on.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm from, originally from Chicago. Uh, I live outside Chicago right now. Um, I got my master's in fiction writing from Columbia College, Chicago. Um, and I kind of write just about anything and everything, or at least I try. Or um, So I, I tend to write um, crime novels, um, as you say, comics and graphic novels. Um, usually, mostly in um, the genres of action adventure, but um, I've done some horror, as you said, with um, my series Virgin Wolf, which mm-hmm. is more historical horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I also write TV and film. And um, what else do I write? I kind of write a <laughs> lot. Of I, I, try, I try my hand at everything. The only thing I really, I'm not, I, I would never call on myself, I'm not a horror writer. Mm-hmm. It, um, Virgin Wolf just happens to have horror because of the werewolf. Yeah. But it's a historical um, swashbuckling type of um, novel. I mean, graphic um, novel, if you want. Um, between comics and um, crime novels and screenplays and teleplays, um, mm-hmm. I'm dabbing my hand in writing some, um, um, what do you call them, audio dramas or, you know, um, old school radio plays. So I'm dabbling my hands in that right now. Seriously. And, um, the only thing I haven't written, I guess, is right now is an actual play. I do have one in
0: mind wow yeah the list goes on and on and on so I guess why did you decide to get actually into this space of industry and just become a writer like tell us how that all got started
1: um for me it's it's been the only thing I've always known to do is write um I just love stories and since I was a little kid I've always loved stories and I kind of fell into comics when I was around 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. and by happenstance um in some way I guess you could say um I guess you can say I can thank Todd McFarlane for that in some ways because I walked into a Toys R Us and found a Spawn toy I flipped it over, and it said based on his comic book and, I, and when I saw the toy I was just like. This is the type of toys I always wanted to make, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're a teen, you have these demented, like, ideas. And so there was, um, I was going to a high school up north, and there was a comic shop down the street from it. So I decided one day, you know what? I'm going to walk into this comic shop and find this comic because this toy looks so awesome. So, right. The comic has to be. And it was. And I, I started reading Spawn, and from there, uh, I started, you know, I had a, it was a great comic shop, and they introduced me. you know so many other comics that like I said I fell into it by happenstance and after a year of secretly reading comics (laughs) I decided yeah I said secretly because um, where I was from I didn't think my friends would understand me going to a comic shop and so I would have to travel (laughs) miles literally take two buses like two or three buses to get to a comic shop um, in Chicago and I started after about a year of reading comics I decided you know what I'm gonna try my hand at writing things yeah. And at the time, I was in high school, I had a couple friends that were drawing, and I decided um, I'm going to take an art class. Uh, it was a comic book art class that was offered by this institute, this art institute called Marwin. Mm-hmm. And I can't draw to save my life. So I decided <laughs> I'm going to write comics. I really need to try to understand how artists see comics, or yeah. how, you know, they build out a page. Yeah. And after taking um, that class for about three months, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try my hand at writing comics. And, that's what I did.
0: Man, that is awesome. That is awesome. And so you thought that your friends wouldn't understand you going to a comic book shop. So you Yeah, had- yeah.
1: Because, yeah, and the reason that is because most of my friends, uh, they were all in sports, basketball, you know, girls and stuff like that. You know, like every other, you know, other kid. But right. I come from a very, very rough, or I should say, I came from a very rough area in Chicago. Ah. And so... Uh, if, if, if all my friends weren't, um, weren't <laughs> jocks or, or, or players, you know, they they were they were um, there were street level people that I knew, you know. Ah. Or, you, know they, you know, and so I didn't think um, telling them, yeah, I, I went to a comic shop. Let me um, <laughs> take it seriously where I'm from because everything was, you know, there were moments where almost it felt like everything could be a life and death situation. So it's just one of those things, like you didn't mention you know going to a comic shop because that just wasn't talked about you know we didn't hey. talk about superheroes and stuff like we watched all these cartoons and batman animated series but we didn't talk about it you know <laughs> One of those kind of things so for me um i secretly would go like go to a comic shop and my friends were like man where you been for like the last two hours i am like, oh, I just went you know i just went walking <laughs> they were like walking where'd you go walking you know wow that's, that's
0: what, that's... Yeah,
1: so I'd be in my grandma's basement, like, reading comics, and I would hide them in, like, she had panel ceil- ceilings, mm-hmm. so I would hide them in the ceilings of of her
0: basement. Really, wow, yeah. wow. Okay, jeez, man, that's you were pretty dedicated. I mean, and yeah. so, something I also um, noticed, you know, just kind of like you know doing a little bit of uh, research about you. I mean, so what you wrote the screenplay for the Daredevil? Is that is that what I'm understanding? About? Oh screenplay? yeah, yeah. I wrote a um,
1: I wrote a um,
0: what they call a. Um,
1: I'm blanking out, but basically, I wrote a script um, as a sample. Mm-hmm. and that's what it was it was a spec script oh. so it was a spec that I wrote um after watching the first season of Daredevil I wrote the spec in which um which is kind of funny because it mirrors how season two kind of ends in some ways mm-hmm. but it was it was the idea of, like what would happen if for second season and it introduced um, um Fisk's uh, wife um basically as her taking over um his empire right. and and in, the, and in the spec um, At the opening scene She goes into this restaurant And there's like this Colombian, you know Drug lord cartel That wants to take over All of, you know The Fisk Enterprises You know mm-hmm. And basically um, They kind of tell her You know She doesn't have the balls Or the moxie To, you know Fight them Because they know Without Fisk There is nobody And, you know And in that moment Like um, the, the, the waiter comes And he starts serving Everybody at the table and after they pull back the lids, you find out that each that each entree is an actual um, body part or member of this guy's cartel. Dang. And in that moment, she reveals that she's quite more ruthless than Fisk because she basically tells the guy, um, you know, that she knew all about his like all all of his different um henchmen around the city, and she basically took out his whole cartel. And at that moment. Draws a gun on her in the restaurant, and she gets up to leave. And as she leaves, you see her look over her shoulder, and you realize that's the same restaurant that Fisk's owned in season one. They take her to where they watch the burning of Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. and in that moment, all of the restaurant turns out that they're all her bodyguards. Everybody is sitting in the restaurant, a bodyguard, and they take out the whole cartel, and it's basically a message to anyone that wants to take over the Fisk, you know, operation that she is now in control. You know? Dang. That's yeah, so cool. also in that I think in a spec we introduce another blind warrior that Matt kinda falls in love with or has feelings for because she has kind of the same abilities as him. Mm-hmm. And you find out that in that process that her brother is one of the night skies. Oh the dark or is a dark sky. Dark one sky. of the dark skies. Yeah. And basically she's been fighting Madame Wu trying to uh, find her brother. And in that in this process, Daredevil learns a little bit more about himself and his abilities because this woman has the same abilities
0: as him. Dang, that's pretty cool. How did like? Yeah. How did like? I guess how did you even like? You know, come into like doing that? Like, I guess.
1: Oh well, I, I fell into writing TV um, again by happenstance.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, a lot of what I do it happens ser- serendipitously. Um, and how I fell into TV was that I, I was taking a class at Columbia called mm. the Semester in the LA program where you get to live out in LA for about a month mm-hmm. and you, um, it, it's an intense program so for a month you all you do is read and write um, you read scripts you write treatments on I mean not treatments but um, you write coverage which is kind of like a book report mm-hmm. on these scripts you read basically books so basically you'll read the book then you'll read the screenplay then you'll go see the movie do your right coverage on all three of those different things and basically you're looking at how is it adapted you know um, what what took to get it produced who you know was their name actors and stuff like that and what was different from the book towards the screenplay and what actually made it onto the actual final cut of the film and in the process of doing that um, at one point I was watching um, David Simon's The Wire uh-huh. and, and all I kept thinking was man this is this is my life in Chicago in some ways. And I kept thinking, <laughs> if, if somebody can write this, and you know, I could write this, because I know all the players, I know all these people. You know, I grew up in this neighborhood with all these people, and i it was one of those things where I was like, this is my life. So um, I started, um, I got entrenched in wanting to write um, basically The Wire, the Chicago version and I read the first script of The Wire, and I was like, okay, I I got this, I can do this. After I read that, and that's how it happened. I was like, okay, I can write TV now. And um, that's how
0: it happened. Man, that is awesome. So like, I guess, how do you you know, stay on your A game as a writer and always continue to prove and improve and improve. How do, you, how do you, what do you do? What are your regimens to get better as a writer?
1: Um, I, I, I tend to challenge myself. And by challenge, I mean, um, I tend to try to write something that's outside of my genre sometimes, or something that I, if it's going to be within something, a uh, genre that I like, say, crime, I try to tend to challenge myself to, to write it, um, to maybe write. This piece a, a bit differently than I would write um, that, that I would normally write. For instance, when I did Zulu, Zulu was the first superhero comic I had ever written, and um, I challenged myself to not only write um, to go beyond twenty-two pages. I made each issue forty-four pages. Then so I was yeah. like, "Okay, I'm gonna tell this." If I'm going to tell a superhero story. I want to tell this epic thing that I may not ever get another chance to tell. But I want to challenge myself and see if I can tell each issue in 44 pages. And can I provide enough story in those 44 pages to the point where it feels like, oh, yeah, if he had done this in 22 pages, we would miss missed out on all this other stuff. So it's stuff like that where I'll challenge myself or um, how my short, the first short film I wrote came about was that uh, my writing partner, Aaron Lewis, who's a director, he's like, man, um, we need, we need a, a short film that we can do, and it needs to be, you know, X amount of pages, you think you could write something like that, and I was, and he was like, and um, he was like, but it needs to be, I think, under five minutes, five minutes or under, and I kept thinking, oh man, that's a challenge, you know, I've never written anything like that, and I was sitting at a party with my wife, and uh, suddenly the, the idea for the film came to me, I grabbed a whole bunch of napkins and I just started writing on napkins. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is gonna be the film. You know? So it's like that. It's In that way, it's like I try to, again, challenge myself yeah. um, through different ways. Whether that's, um, you know, okay, can you write a one page comic? Or can you tell, I, um, when I did um, When We Were Kings, another, um, my first, I think, Afro Punk's um, first web comic that was ever done. On their on their website, Uh, each um, comic um, was done. I think um, each comic was done by a different artist, but it was like ten pages. And in those ten pages, if you read all eight chapters, there's a through line that connects them all. But I wanted to do something where, if you didn't read each chapter, then the one chapter that you did read was like a standalone story. So that was a challenge to try to tell. You know eight different stories with eight different artists and make them all standalone stories but also have like a through line that if you read all the chapters you you pick up this through line that's in it but if you didn't it's like oh okay I got it you know so that was a challenge
0: oh, okay so, so it's always something to like keep you on your toes keep you you know like just thinking outside the box you know you're not always just doing one thing you're doing many different things to kind of like expand you know your skill sets
1: yeah, like um, for instance, when I did Dime, the Choose Your Own Destiny graphic novel, mm-hmm. um, that was probably the hardest thing I had to write because each choice in the in the graphic novel had to make sense, but it also had to end at a certain um, amount of pages um, per chapter. And I think there's eight different chapters in that thing, and it was basically that was the hardest thing to write because you had to make sure that if something happened in chapter one, by the time you got to chapter eight or ten or whatever it was, that whatever choice you made in chapter one made sense by the end of the book you know yeah so uh, stuff like that that was really hard trying to map out all these different scenarios and make sure that each one fit into the overall um story
0: okay so then like would you say you know uh another big challenge for you um, is your uh up and coming manga called uh what is it Kitten or something like that
1: yeah titan yeah yeah Kitan, titan. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kitan is, um, I, I'm actually working on two mangas. Oh, <laughs> I seriously? I haven't built the next one yet. Um, it's coming soon. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that again is a challenge because uh, in in some ways, mangas are, you know, just comic books, you know, right. just the Japanese version of comic books. Right. But you really look at how mangas are created in the storylines and it becomes a bit deeper than what most american comics are so for me the challenge was getting into that mindset so i just started picking up um and rereading a lot of the mangas i had read just to try to get myself in that mindset but i'm also um the way i like to write is that i like to write stuff that inspires me but then if i think it's too close to what i'm trying to work on sometimes i may not read it because i I feel like it it will um influence it takes the idea you know or you know it takes the, the the creative process so for me, um, with Kitan, it was um, it was something that just popped into my head, and I had been thinking about it and developing it. And then one day, I just sat down and started writing a whole bunch of um, outlines for stories. And then um, what what really pushed me to start making it was um, I read um, I read a volume of My Hero Academia. I kept, you know, there's really nothing like super special about the story. And I remember somebody trying to compare it to naruto and I kept thinking, these are two different properties and two different storylines that look nothing alike. And I kept thinking, man, I can do this. Yeah. That's the challenge right there. Like, you know, for me, it's like, can you pull that off? Can you Can you do that? Yeah. You know? And so for me, the challenge was like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. Nobody's done it or, you know, that I know of um, in my circle. And so I was like, you know what? That's a challenge to tell a different type of story in a in the kind of in the same medium but yeah. in a different you know um in a different genre because yeah. it's more sci-fi but also um to try to push the envelope and get that story out to a whole different continent yeah. that's what i'm trying to do now so that's the challenge right there for me it's like oh, okay I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take my stories east
0: right you
1: know? <laughs> see if i can see if i can get them out there you know you know um and i'm I'm praying that i do and but that's the challenge um i just got a um somebody recently in india bought one of my choose your own um, destiny graphic novels, and i was like oh wow you know so it's the possibility that it can get out there you know
0: absolutely you and you never know until you put it out there you know who is going to be your fan base right 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 and
1: and and then telling you know um as an african-american creator we love manga. We love hip-hop and all this stuff. And you see so much of that fused in anime, which is, you know, the the, the godchild, or, or I should say, the sister of, of, of anime is the sister of manga. So, it was just one of those things where I was like, you know what? I love these things. I love comics. and like, So, why not try to tell the story, you know? Exactly. And it was one of those kind of stories that I really wanted to tell because it has so many deep layers that I felt it can only be done in a manga that I think... To that point, that the readership would accept me taking not a slow draw, but be um, taking time to really um, um, examine these characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess what what have been, I guess what is something you wish you know someone have told you before you got started as a writer, screenwriter, and you know all these things that you have under your hat.
1: Um. Something that, that was told to me earlier on, but I wish I had learned it. Um, because I remember when I was in school, um, I thought about taking, you know, how you take like your major and then your secondary, you know, major or whatever. Yeah. And I kept thinking, man, I don't want to take screenwriting as a secondary major because that means I got to learn all of these things all over again. You know, and, because I, had, I, I think by the time I got to taking my secondary major, I was just like, at this point, I was doing graphic design for a while and I was like, okay, I don't read like this and i think the only reason i was doing that is because i've been doing it since high school but i kept thinking man man, everybody kept telling me that if i had to take screenwriting i gotta learn i gotta go and take all these more classes and i'm just like at that point i don't want to take all these classes but one of the things one of my instructors told me his name was craig Moore. he now writes on um he used to write on chicago pd now he writes for swat Um, and one of the things he told me if you really want to write screenplays, really want to write, sit down and read them. And that's how you learn how to write. And that's kind of, and that's literally how I learned to write screenplays, how to write teleplays. I just started, um, sit down and I just started reading them And, and started breaking them down. Like, okay, oh, this is how you write this. Oh, okay. This is, you know, and then I started going back and looking at, um, I think the first screenplay I ever read that really jolted me to want to write screenplays was, um, Seven. I read ah. that and then I watched the movie, and then reread it again, mm-hmm. and and then I start comparing the scenes to what was in the script and what was on the final cut, and I was like, okay, I get it, I got it. <laughs> you know, right. it's one of those things. Um, I'm a visual person. If I can see it, I can do
0: it. Yeah, man, that's that's actually really uh, something that you know should be taught. You know, told up front, You know, before people get started on their journey. You know, it's just you want to learn it. Just sit down and read it. And then... Yeah,
1: and so in a way, it saved me a lot of money from. Again, not the knock um, programs that teach screenwriting, because I think there there is a purpose for and, and a reasoning behind that. It was just at a point in my life, I couldn't afford to go back to school to, to take screenwriting classes. So I literally learned by, by reading it, you know, and by no means do I, I like I. I also say I'm a screenwriter, but I still feel like there's so much I'm still learning that I wouldn't call myself a screenwriter, <laughs> even though you yeah, know, yeah. Um, I'm slowly gaining the credits for it. But it's one of those things where I always feel like, you know, I'm still learning. And, and for those people that, you know, that went to school and, that, and they took it up and this is their passion, I totally understand it because um, I went to school to write novels, to write literary novels,
0: mm-hmm. and, you
1: know, and again, fell into all these other things out of that, out of the love of
0: just wanting to write. That's that's pretty amazing. And so, you know, as a as a as a writer, screenwriter and, you know, the again many hats that you have under your head, like, how do you promote yourself and get your work out there, you know, and get your name out there? Like how did you grow your fan base to be able to like, you know, be where you're at right now?
1: Um, a lot of it was trial and error <laughs> and um sitting on a lot of things. I um I remember when I first started out, um, writing comics and doing comics there was i think there was like 50 artists and writers that i was um overseeing at one point and they were we were just kind of finding each other we were, again i was in college so we were just kind of finding each other and you know we'd get together and create these groups and, and, and decide to start publishing stuff and at one point the group fell apart and everybody went their own way but in my mind um i just knew i wanted to tell stories so i decided i'm, I'm not gonna give up You know telling stories I want to write comics I want to tell all these great stories and so a lot of that um, when you're doing stuff like that you're trying to fund these things yourself you know out of your pocket you find yourself okay well I got this great idea but I can only get X amount of pages done for it you know or for the longest for me um, I I got a number of scripts that and comics that I, I, I was writing and nobody was reading but i always believed that one day somebody's gonna read this thing you know so i just kept writing and then um i think for me it it became um i guess you can call it my big break or when people started to notice me was um i met um one of my partners in crime jason reeves he's an artist i met him at a san diego comic con one year Mm -hmm. and like an artist writer matchup and um We just exchanged cards, you know, randomly. And I never heard from the guy. And then, like, a year later, randomly, he called me. And he's like, hey, I got your card. I came across your card. Um, Are you still writing comics? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm looking for a writer for this this superhero series that I've been working on. Now, at the time, I hadn't written anything superhero other than Zulu, you know. And so I was like, I was on the edge. I was like, I don't really know. I don't know if superhero thing is, you know, my thing. And he's like, but. Know, just read this and, and you know this outline for the thing you know for the series and it was called one nation and he's like and if you're interested let me know and i read it and I, I thought man this dude is this dude is crazy because there is there's so he like literally gave me a bible of all this like of ideas and i thought okay i i see the potential and where this is going it just needs to be refined and pulled in you know yeah. and so i told him yeah yeah you know i'll i'll i'll, I'll do the first issue and we did the first issue and um, it, it was amazing, you know, seeing Jason's pencils because, again, I, I I worked with artists, you know, and trying to build my portfolio. But Jason just took it to a whole new level. And then um, that year we released One Nation, we got nominated for a Glyph Award, you know, for, for Rising Star. And then we won, you know, for Ooh. Rising Star. And I thought, oh my God, this, this is real? Like, there are awards for these things? <laughs> It's one of those things, you, sometimes you're in a creative bubble, you know what I mean? You're just creating comics to be creating them because you love them, yeah. you know, stuff like that, and then before I know it, I'm getting a certificate, getting an award for something that I wrote, and that same year, I had written um, the short story for Virgin Wolf, and I won um, first place in this graphic novel competition that Chicago was holding. It's it's called, um it used to be called the Chicago Athletic Arts. I forgot something like that. But yeah. anyway, I won first place and I was like, oh my God, I just won, you know, a cash prize for this short you know, short version of Virgin Wolf, that, which is basically the, um, the prelogue, um story that I wrote. And from there, I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to continue to write. And so for the longest, what I did was that um, I wrote Virgin Wolf, nobody read it. And then I slowly started getting pages for it. Created um, out of my pocket, and it took probably a good three years to get all eight issues of Virgin Wolf done. Um, but in that, but in that time, what I did was that I just held on to it. I didn't release any of the pages, didn't show anybody. I just held on to it, sat on it for like three years. And then when it was finally all done, I dropped each issue like back to back, month to month. And, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to show people that I could do it. That I could drop a monthly. You know, I could do it. And and in that time frame, people, started, I guess, slowly started noticing between that, between Virgin Wolf coming out monthly, and between the One Nation book, people were like, whoa, you know, Al is Vern, or some people call me Al, he's, he's starting to rev up, he's starting to do all this stuff, and in between all of that, um, I had written a couple of pilots, um, I had done one of the, another spec script I had done was Avatar The Last Airbender, and that, um, what? yeah, I had written a spec that ended where Basically, after it ended, after the series end, I wrote a spec about what happened to Aang's mother, and you find out that um, Aang's mother was taken by another, um, a, a another, I want to, I want to call it society, but by another, um, another bending nation, um, and this bending nation was kind of off the map. They weren't part of the, you know, the, the known bending nation, right. and you find out that they're metal benders. Yeah. So Toph isn't really the actual first metal bender. Is that there is a nation of metal benders, and that um, and that Zuko's mother, not Aang's mother, I forget, Zuko's mother. He they traded the fire that she traded her. Woo. Um, yeah, traded her in 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 um uh, response to get more iron so that they can become a powerful nation. And so what you find out that um, Iroh's son. That, you know uh, there's an episode where they going to the um into the spirit realm and he, he's always talking about his son who was killed yeah we find out that iro's wife was a metal bender oh,
0: shoot.
1: and that in order to keep the peace they had to give up zuko's mother because his son got killed who was an iron bender and so it was this whole thing where it was like basically you find out that you know zuko's mother is alive and that the only way they find out is that Aang goes into the spirit world. And while he's in the spirit world trying to find her, he finds out that there's a, a, a nation, the metal bending nation. And not only that, but that they're, they're black. <laughs> yeah, and that they practice kapoea. What? Yeah, so I was opening up the whole idea of that. You know, because that was the one thing that always bothered me with the series. And I, I think they did something with Dark Horse. Um... Where they answered what happened to Zuko's mother, but it basically at the time I wrote no the spec, Where it basically answered what happened to Zuko's mother, and it basically you find out like what happened to um, the last Fire Lord and what happened to um, his sister and everybody. Basically everything and how basically the team got they're getting back together to go rescue Zuko's mother from this from this metal bending nation that that has just as they're just as powerful as the Fire Nation, but they've been um consolidating their power and sticking to themselves and you basically find
0: out yeah basically it's like oh here's africa and they're all metal (laughs) vendors wow that is crazy yeah that's actually pretty cool though so like yeah yeah, man you've done you've done so much and you, you continue to do a lot like what keeps you what keeps you driving man what keeps you motivated to continue to work
1: um for me, uh, there are moments where I'm not gonna lie, and this is again to motivate artists. There are moments where I felt like the comic community has, you know, um, I've been shunned, or you know, or you know, I've been trying to get to editors and they won't, you know, get back to me. And there have been moments where you feel like all the work you're done, you're doing, you know. Um, I feel like nobody's listening, nobody's reading it and you get, you know, you get defeated some days, and there have been moments where I'm like you know what, I'm down with comics, I'm walking away I'm gonna go write, you know, stick to writing novels, I'm gonna go off and just write film or TV or something, I'm not gonna do comics in it again, and then um, Jason Reeves is good at like bro, you can't leave me we got stories <laughs> 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 cause
0: you know,
1: we do One Nation and then we do a kids comic called Kid Carver's um, engineers of the Impossible. So every time I think I'm, I'm like, out, he's the one that
0: pulls me back, back in. in.
1: And I'm saying to Michael Corleone, they've pulled me back in, you know. <laughs> uh, so Jason is real big on pulling me back in and, and making sure, like, I stay level-headed. And sometimes um, what will also motivate me is just seeing some of my contemporaries, you know, doing comics and putting out, uh, you know, like Greg Anderson and Elise with um, – which is, 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 I want to, I'm going to get this wrong. With his, is Nania books, which is the son of, um, of the spider, um, um, God, why am I blinking on all these different things? Or like, um, Robert Jeffries doing, you know, his route three, uh, you know, like Art Belfield and, um, his new book that's coming out from Antarctic Press, um, called Tainted Love. It's, it's creators like that and so many others, or like Joe Curry, doing um, um punks of rage. It's creators like that that, you know, when I see their work and I'm like, man, they're grinding, they're putting out books. that I'm just like, okay, writing is motivation. I'm like that. It's like a Naruto Sasuke thing, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I gotta I gotta get better. I gotta get my weight up. You know, yeah, I gotta yeah. put some books out. You know? So um, right now like they're killing the game and, and right now I've been silent about uh, you know this um this past year. I feel like um uh, just I just wrote like a post where I felt like I hadn't wrote a lot and um, and then one of my my, uh, writing partners reminded me he's like dude you wrote this this year you wrote these TV shows this year you wrote this this year and I'm like oh yeah I guess I did do a lot of writing and then (laughs) in the same breath I'm like I still didn't do enough writing (laughs) Uh, so I wrote like a TV series in South Africa wrote two episodes of that you know and um, so what keeps me motivated is that um, I just believe I'm I'm a storyteller And there's so many stories I want to tell, and I feel like there's so many stories that need to be told, um, that, that need to be out there, that, you know, so everybody gets a full spectrum or gets to see themselves represented. You know, there's that whole big push to talk about diversity, and I feel like there's so many stories, again, that haven't been told, not only from me, but from other writers or from other perspectives that need to be told, you know, and I think that's what in some ways motivates me. Just you know, every time I, every time I get an email from somebody that's read something of mine or I get like, an, or I see a kid at a con and they like, I read, I read your book for and They're like, oh, I know about you. I'm like, how do you know about me? Like, how did you hear about me? <laughs> my brother's always telling me, he's not on Facebook. He goes, man, I called you because a whole bunch of my coworkers know about you. He's like, they've been reading your work. I'm like, whoa, really?
0: Mm-hmm. He's like, they told
1: me you got this new book coming. I'm like, yeah, I talked, to, I kind of mentioned something about that. And I'm just like, oh wow, you know, like. There are people, um, David Walker once told me, um, he goes, you don't know it, but people are watching you. You may not see it or hear it, but people are watching you. And when you least expect it, that's when they're going to come to you. And that, that has been true, um, lately, uh, at least of this year, where I've, Thought, man, people aren't reading me, you know, or watching what I'm doing. And before I know it, a couple of opportunities have popped up where they're like, yeah, we read this book of yours and we really like it. And we want to talk about this. Or yeah, man, I really love the short story you did. I'm like, wait, you read that? Like he <laughs> like, like was, you know, reading it. <laughs> and that's the hope as as artists, as creative people, whether you're an artist, writer, or anything, is the hope that when you're creating something, you're you're in your mind, you know, or in your heart, you feel. That there's somebody out there even if it's just one person that whatever you're creating that person it's meant for that person they're, they're out there they're gonna read it I remember when I wrote my first novel uh, my first crime novel you know um, there were a couple people that asked me well, why, why you want to write crime or you know this book will never get published and I kept thinking you know what there's somebody out there that this book is meant for and, it, and it, the way I and, In the way that I wrote it And where I wrote it from I'm like There's a whole Neighborhood A whole generation of people That I know That live in these neighborhoods That don't see themselves In any type of literature Don't see themselves In any kind of movie Unless they're being Portrayed as thugs And and being Poverty ridden But I'm like There's a whole Life outside of that That people don't get to see The joy and happiness You know Of living You know In the hood If you want to call it that Or living know in k-town and i just thought man i want to set my crime novels in the neighborhoods that i grew up in and, and tell those you know tell those stories about you know the people that live there and, and stuff like that
0: yeah man that's that's
1: awesome I, I mean that would
0: keep that would keep me motivated just to be able to tell the stories of all the experiences of and just different people that stories are not being told you know and yeah and uh, Man, that's that's really amazing. You you are doing amazing stuff, man. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Nah, you ain't trying. You do it, man. So like, okay, you know what? You know what? You know, is there anything else that you're working on that's in the pipeline that you want to tell us about? Like, you know, what, what's going on in the pipeline? You know, I know we talked about a few, but is there any other more or? Uh,
1: there's so much more. Um, yeah, just we just um, we got a book deal yesterday. Um, confirmed book deal. A graphic novel that um, i'm writing um uh, it's called Rhineland bastards it's, it's um it's the story it's a true story about a group of afro-german entertainers who band together and become an elite group of freedom fighters fighting against hitler in his nazi regime uh, wow.
0: yeah. congratulations Huh? i said congratulations
1: yeah 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 man so it's gonna be a graphic novel um and again it's a true story and it's one it's one of those things that we're talking about where and uh, <laughs> um i don't know if i was supposed to say that we got the book deal or what it was but i just did see. but basically you no, know, <laughs> it's a true story that again of what we were talking about that that's an untold story you know that nobody talks about and, and when i found out about this story i'm like man imagine what that does to little black kids in high school or even in 8th grade they're reading about you know the World War II and you find out wait there are black people in Germany right? around this time that you know all these Jews and gypsies are being persecuted there are black Germans that are also being persecuted and in, and in some ways they've been written out of history but imagine what that does to people all around the world to find out man your people were there too you know people that yeah. look just like you were there fighting you know picking up the and, and that moment they were the, some of the first fighters, yeah. you know? I, I tell people when they when they ask me, is this true? I go, look up the name Lori Giles. Lori Giles is a guy who, 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 who uh, inspired the story. You know, when I learned about him. And basically, he created, he was a musician who banded, got musicians banded together. And they created um, a political party that opposed the Nazi party. And he kept trying to tell everybody he could tell. That look, we can't let Hitler come into power. This guy is bad. If he comes into power, he's gonna do evil shit, right? Yeah. Nobody nobody wanted to listen to Laurie Gal. But you know who was listening? Adolf Hitler. So the day that Adolf Hitler became the Führer, the first thing he did was they sent SS so SS officers to Laurie Gal's house. They pulled him out of his bed in the middle of the night, shot him in the head six times in front of his wife and kids. Holy that te- that should tell you how how much. Getting to fear this guy. Wow. Because he was going to tell the world
0: the truth. Yeah. You know? Wow. And so, one of the things
1: the, the Allied forces did to all of the black Germans that when they freed, you know, all these different people was the first thing they did was tell all of the black Germans, well, you, you're not German. You can't be. Go back to your home. Find your home. And all these black Germans are looking at them like, I was born here in Germany. This is all I've ever known. But now I have to leave. So basically took away all their citizenship and all their rights. And basically, in some ways, helped Hitler, you know, um, carry out his plan. Which was to, um, disenfranchise black Germans. And, and, you know, and to annihilate them at some point. So that's the story we're telling in a graphic novel form. Um, as you mentioned, Kaiten is a manga that I'm developing. Um, I'm gonna drop some new pages. Actually, I'm gonna drop, um, this teaser, um thing, a a couple pages of that in the new year, um, I'm working on another, um, manga, um, with artist um, Veto is is his name, um, that we're pitching right now called Jukebox Legends, which is kind of a cyber, sci-fi manga about these kids who get pulled into a jukebox and find out that there, that there's this whole different world, um, you know, and then, um, I'm working on, um, I'm working on a Shakespearean, um, a modern day Shakespearean, um, graphic novel. I can't say the name of it yet because there's, there's some pictures out and I want people to still be, uh, surprised when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. and then, um, I'm adapting, this is something nobody knows about, so I guess you'll be the first. I'm adapting a, um, book right now with a writer, um, a, a crime novel. We're adapting it into a, um, into a television series. So I'm working on the outline and pilot for that right now. So yeah, I'm writing the Ooh. pilot for a series that's going to be pitched um, to a couple of streaming services. You can, <laughs> I'm sure.
0: And, and then um,
1: a webcomic I worked on is um, we're developing that right now to be pitched also to a couple of streaming services. Um, got a producer attached, and um, and in the new year I'm gonna be writing the uh, Bible with a with uh, one or two other writers. Um, we're going to work on some episodes and a pitch board, um, And then I'm uh, currently editing my next crime novel, which is called Blue Religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I'm working on The End of Kate Carvers, the first book. We got a big Kickstarter that's going to come out in March um, to finish up the graphic novel series. And um, I'm, writing, I'm writing something secretly right now for Kate Carvers. It's going to be really cool like an activity type book and then um trying to think i'm writing on something else I'm, I'm always writing something um i just finished a short film called the lord's um or i should say a short film script um uh, called the lord's of bedlam okay uh, which is basically a story about a former mexican hitman who comes out of retirement to save this family and but it has a twist on it um uh, because um, we're trying to break some stereotypes in some ways, but it's basically um, uh, I, uh, it was a challenge by um, by uh, a friend of mine who said, "Man, after watching um, he's watching Black Panther, he goes, man, any do we have any Latino um, superheroes that we can do now?" And I, he was like, "And that was a challenge for me. I was like, man, so you know, I write all these different things, but now I it was like, what is the challenge of writing, you know, for a specific, you know, ethnicity?" And so I was like, oh, man, I'm going to write this thing. And it was a challenge of how Lord of Bedlam came about. was that my writing partner sent me a message. He goes, man, there's this short film challenge, and we need something, you know, action-packed. And I was like, oh, I got this. And it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to write it, but I'm going to write it with a Mexican lead in mind, you know? Yeah. And doing that, and then uh, we just, I wrote another sh- short film, which now we turned into a manga called Root, which is about a... Um, uh, again, I, uh, again from Challenge, which is about a a an assassin who is bound to a wheelchair. <laughs> what? Yeah, and so that became the idea of representation, like people being represented, you know. And I thought, man, well, people with disabilities aren't necessarily represented in film and TV in a way that you know, in a way that shows that their that their disability can also be their advantage or that they're even represented as oh i got this disability but that doesn't stop me from living a life and being part of society so i out of that idea i thought man what would it be cool to have somebody that's bound to a wheelchair and and, and having this thing this disability because it isn't a handicap it doesn't stop them from living life and being you know the main character of this story and and that's kind of how that that uh, blossom door came about so i'm always thinking about like challenges like that and thinking about that, you know, as as, as a um, as being a black American, you know, other people are being oppressed in other different ways too. They may not be oppressed by, you know, um, skin tone or you know or, or or you know for the ethnicity. They could be oppressed because of, you know, their sex or because of, you know, a number of different things. Right such right. As,
0: Right, right. And you want to, you want to, you want to,
1: you you know, to a degree, you know? So I just try to think of those things as being challenging. I think that's, I think that's all I'm working on so far. I'm sure there's something else I'm leaving out that I'm supposed to be writing at some (laughs) point.
0: Sounds Sounds like, sounds like, sounds like, sounds like many projects that you, you know, you got in the pipeline and that's, that's really amazing. That's really awesome stuff. And so, um, I guess, you know, to, you know, what are some final words of wisdom that you would like to impart on the show? Um, something somebody
1: told me, and again, it's um, two things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote um, a, a great teacher of mine that he is quoting somebody. Sam Weller quoted um, another writer of mine, a friend of mine named Joe Mino. And somebody asked him, what's the difference between him and the next writer? And he said the difference between him and the next writer is that he actually finishes. So that became like my <laughs> to everything: is that I, like, I try to finish everything I try to work on. I try to finish it. So that's what I would say to any writer, younger or old: finish. And the other um, advice I was given by a great horror writer and just a great all-around writer, editor. His name's Mort Castle. If you don't know him look him up the guy has been nominated for so many different awards and he's just a great writer yeah. and one of the things he's always taught he also teaches a graphic novel writing class at Columbia College one of the things he's always um pushed upon me is um you have to sit in the seat and you have to write you know it, it, no matter what you do you have if you're gonna write you have to force yourself even on those bad days to sit down and you know Write, and so that's one of the things I've 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 learned to just. Sometimes you have to sit down and just push yourself to write, even if it's the bad stuff. Just you have to write through it, and also pick up W. I mean E. B. White and Strunk, um, and their their book, um, The Elements of Style, Mm -hmm. because it's a great little small handy book which talks about. All the grammar elements and, and grammatical style of elements that we writers sometimes tend to forget, or you know, you need a refresh on. Um, even I, I, even I have, to, I need a refresh on it every now and then. But it's a great handy book if you're trying to go. Oh, did, should I put the semicolon here? You know, or should I use an adverb? Here? You know, sometimes we go through those things, and sometimes it's good to go back and just give yourself a refresher and, 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 to, and to not be afraid to fail. That would be the biggest thing. Put the work out there and don't be afraid to fail. Even if you fail, you're gonna learn from it. You know, you're gonna it's gonna make you a better writer. But if you keep everything on a hard drive and nobody ever reads it or knows about it, then you can't really say that you you know you're writing because to a degree you are, but you're not putting it out there so that the world can you know tear it apart, and make you a better
0: writer. You know, C- correct. And um, sometimes that's what you have to do. At the end of the day, is not to be afraid to fail. Um, And just put yourself out there and just, you know, again, you never know who is going to gravitate towards it and who is going to, you know, you know, provide some perspective that will make you better as a writer. Right. Right. So I think I think that's amazing wisdom that you just shared on the show. And so um mastermind family that is gonna do it for the show we hope you enjoyed the special guest Vern ball and you know allowing him to provide wisdom and insight as you know an upcoming writer and just you know things that you guys can do to improve your work and al tell us where can the people find more of your work at where can they contact you and you know how, how can they get in contact with you yeah so
1: you can find me on all social media and online um, at a l v e r n e b a l l and you can if you type that in you'll find everything about me google wise or again so much so many things pop up that sometimes I'm like oh i forgot i did that like last year i did um i was the graphic the graphic novelist speaker for the shytime love festival and there was a whole bunch of videos of me you know speaking and i'm like oh totally forgot i did that so if you look me up just by name you everything will come up um and you can go to my website Alvernball.com If you want to read that Daredevil Or the Avatar script Or any a number of other stuff That I'm going to put up there I'm going to put some new stuff up soon um, Mostly the short films Because we um, I did two short I just shot a short film um, Last summer uh, at Warner Brothers in, um, in Burbank Based off a pilot that I wrote So that's online and You can find that on YouTube um, It's called um, Crossroads Or you can find my other short film um tattoo tears they're both on on um youtube also
0: excellent 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 and um we'll see you guys on the next episode thank you so much for having me (laughs) I <laughs> da